0: important role in the lives of children fathers play a major role because Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 4 if you can read with me when I read this chapter when I read this verse I always remember fathers one generation can you read with me one generation passes away and another generation comes but the earth abides for ever Fathers play a major role here. I see the weight on the shoulder of a father when I read the scripture. One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Fathers, they hold the responsibility of passing on something to the next generation. It's a heavy responsibility over their lives to give something which is precious to the generations that are coming, that are on the way. And when I think about all this, what comes in my mind is the Olympic relay race. If you can get the slide in the screen, please. In the relay race, athletes, they run to a certain distance with something known as a baton. I don't know whether you have seen a baton so i have a baton in my hand this is what is known as what baton so the relay races they race they run with the baton and which is passed to the next member as they run and the next member is supposed supposed to catch this and they need to hold on to this and they need to run further have you all seen a running race the way you are looking at me looks like you have never seen anybody running have you seen somebody running from your house? Yes? Right? They were scratching, sitting and scratching their heads for some time, and then after that, there is no other way, they couldn't do anything, and they just ran out of the house. And you have been searching for them? How many of us? Come on, how many of us? Can I hear a witness here? How many, how many of us you are searching? You don't have any idea where they went. And you made a couple of phone calls, and there is no response. And then you call me, Pastor, somebody's missing in my house because I told you before calling 911, you're supposed to call? Right. So baton is a, basically it's made of a hollow metal or a hollow wooden piece or a plastic. In fact, it was introduced in 1893 in one of the Olympics, I guess, or in one of the races, way before. So the moment the, bat- the baton is passed to the next member, next runner, the time is so crucial. It's a very short window of opportunity. In fact, it says that there are only 20 meters. They may be running 100 meters or 200 or 400 meters, and it's only 20 meters within that time period that the baton has to be exchanged with the, the, another, the next subsequent runner. And it says for the runner who is waiting there to run to catch the baton, he has only 10 meter of acceleration zone. So within the 10 meter, he has to accelerate himself to the speed which is equivalent to the runner, upcoming runner, and need to get that. And there is no way he can reduce the speed. If he reduces the speed, he is going to fail. He's not going to win. So everything is very critical, very important. Nothing can nothing can go wrong at this moment and if you drop the baton you are disqualified you cannot win and if you run out uh, you know out of the lane uh, where you know when getting the baton from the other hand you cannot win you are disqualified and if you run out of the takeover zone with the baton in hand no then you are not qualified and if you finish the cross line without a baton in your hand you are not qualified There are many conditions. So it's a very crucial moment that there is, there is not much room for error at that moment. Every step has to be timed perfectly. Every step has to be aligned and synchronized perfectly with the other runner. When I think about it, who comes in my mind? Who? Who comes in my mind? You may say, how do you? I know you are minding? That's what we are talking about. We are, remember, fathers. That's what they do exactly. I know you have a lot of complaints about fathers, but that's okay, you can keep them aside for this morning, for during this sermon, and just listen to me. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Passing the Baton. Can you say that with me? Passing the Baton. But in this race of real life, I see fathers doing this exactly fathers connect two generations and they make a chain they make a chain in a moment i will tell you why i'm talking about father fathers play a major role mothers do play a major role don't they yes yes father come on fathers yes do they play a major role no you're just saying that i'll think about it and let me know let you know pastor I believe in this race, when fathers are running in this race, mothers are standing there as a cheer girl. And they are cheering them up and saying, that, come on, dad, come on, go ahead, just run fast. I don't know whether you do it or not, the way you are, I don't think that you are doing it. You are doing it? No. <laughs> Somebody is very honest here. He said no. <laughs> very honest, no. God bless you. Fathers, they deal with both the generation. They have a responsibility to take care of their parents and they have a responsibility to take care of their children. And women, they have a responsibility to take care of both of them, all of them, in fact. You know, that's the kind of race that we are talking about. So as I visualize this picture, as I said, father holding one relay in one hand, one baton in one hand, another baton in another hand, receiving it from the previous generation and handing it over to the next generation. That's the kind of responsibility that... And you know what, the life just passes by, passes away. Just like the running race that just goes in... How much time it takes for 100 meters dash? How much time it takes? 14, 15 seconds, roughly? few seconds? Right? They cannot run for one hour there, so just a few seconds, right? few seconds. You know, before you just think about anything, just it's done. It's so quick. Some of our lives, some of our races are so quick, 100, just, just 100 meters dash. Some others, they may run for 200. Some others may run for 400. And in this life, I don't think we have a marathon in this life. It all just starts, it all just gets over so quickly, so quickly. Fathers certainly play a major role in this scenario. When I think about Paul, Paul writes this, at the end of his life, can you come with me to Second Timothy chapter four, verses six through 11? Can you read together? Second Timothy chapter four, verses six through 11. For "I am already being poured out as a drink offering. At the time of my departure and the time of my departure is at hand, and see what he does. "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith," verse eight. Finally, Read with me. There is laid up. For me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give me, give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearance. Verse 9. Verse nine and he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, because you know he wants to pass the baton, and he is calling his friends and his disciples to come to him quickly. And he says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has Parted from Thessalonica to Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. And verse 11, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And he goes on and on. He says, it's, for, it's time now I want to pass the baton so that the ministry of God continues. You know, the life that we are living today, I believe the baton is not passed only at the time when we close our eyes. It is passed moment, somebody is conceived in the womb of the mother. Because God saw us, God saw, God's eyes saw the substance before they were formed, before we were formed. And as fathers, we need to get ready to pass the baton to the next generation paul before ending his own life he was very careful in passing the baton as i said as there is no room for error it cannot go to the wrong hand it has to be handed over to the right hand it must be passed on to the right hands you know if either of them both of them should run in the same space same pace otherwise the running is not going to happen you know these things are all applicable very well applicable in our lives and more than everything the race must continue in order to receive the price in order to receive the price fathers are expected to pass on the baton the four different types of baton number one baton of values can you say that with me baton of values fathers pass on the baton of values You know, this morning, this message is very relevant. It's very relevant to the context. As I'm talking to father, as I talk to my own self, and I also want the women to listen to this sermon because you know what is going on. And and, you know, you you can tune yourself accordingly. And fathers are listening so that they can tune their lives accordingly. And children are listening so that they know what to expect from parents. Fathers pass on the baton of values You know, today we see a degradation in the value system. I don't want to throw too much of statistics here, but a couple of them I just want to say, just for the context, the number one fear of Christian families is that they're so afraid that they will not be able to pass on the values to the next generation. They try their level best, but there is so much fearful inside of them that they may not be able to pass on the value system to the next generation. When they look around the society in which teen pregnancy has increased over 500 percentage times during past 30 years. We look around the society in which suicide among young people has jumped to 300 percentage during past 30 years. We look around a society in which over 1,000 teen girls get aborted every day in the United States. Over 1,000 teen, teenage girls get aborted every day in the United States. We look around a society in which 4,000 kids a day catch sexually transmitted diseases. When we are living in this world, the concern of the parents, the worry of the parents, especially the father this morning in the context is how I'm going to pass this value system that I hold on to my next generation. What is that baton that I'm going to pass on to the next generation? This morning God is asking that question, what are you going to do about it? How do you make sure that you will generate, you will create, you will make a godly generation that serves the way you serve the Lord today. And what are we going to? That's why I said it's a heavy weight on fathers this morning. That what are we going to do about a generation that are coming when every child comes on the face of this earth? That weight increases on the shoulders of the fathers. I wanted to think about what are, those, what are those value systems we know. Many of those value systems. Just a couple of them in the screen for you this morning. Self confidence. Children gain self-confidence from the father. Question is, am I able to give self-confidence to my son, my daughter? The question is, are you able to give self-confidence to your son and your daughter? Father tells them how to handle in situations when you are bounced back and forth. When you are bound to the extreme bound to the extreme of life how do you come back to the normal level quickly fathers teach them do your children learn from you are your children seeing you always down upset do they have anything to learn from you this morning the question that we need to ask children learn respect from fathers mothers teach but they look into the father how father behaves How father respects children learn generosity from the fathers. They drive in the car, somebody's standing in the street and begging and mom somehow got $5 coin. No, there's a $2 coin in their hands and then, you know, just wanted to drop it. And father said, can you keep quiet? Can you keep quiet? And who's sitting at the back seat? Children, and they watch. After something, they are keeping quiet. They won't say anything. After something, they'll say, Dad, why you didn't that give that coin to that beggar, that poor fellow? Generosity. They learn. They look unto us to learn generosity. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Just give one example. There are many scriptures we can quote for each of these value systems. Proverbs 22:9. Can you read with me? He who has a generous eye will be blessed. For he gives office bread to the poor. And who is watching children they are watching they don't learn from the scripture no matter how many times you make them to memorize the scripture they are not going to learn from the scripture but they are going to learn from your life they are going to learn from the way I do and they will strictly follow it through discipline they learn from us children learn discipline from us kindness they learn kindness many of those value that today we can talk about we can think of they learn from us they don't believe you know when someone else said say something i i many times i told this example i don't remember who is that child somebody was here i said i said that child you know don't do this do not do this way do this the other way i said and the child looked at me and said no then i asked why my mom asked me to do this way. They don't care whether you are a pastor, or you are a prime minister. They don't care. They will obey what you teach at home. They will obey what they learn from you at home. So this morning we are talking about the baton that we need to pass on to the next generation. Number one, what's the baton? Baton of? Baton of values, number one. What was that boat that was standing at the shore last week? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Okay, that's you're able to say it today because yesterday Daniel had a quiz on that, right? No? Okay. So what is the number one? Number one is baton. Of values let's move further. the second baton that God expects us to pass on to the next generation is baton of experience can you say that with me baton of experience what experience as a father you can pass it on to the next generation you know dads are responsible to pass on experience the question is how do we do that we never thought about it that we can pass on those experiences to the next generation you know, we always know, we know that very well. There are many traits, you know, biologically to be passed, many traits to the next generations. Both mom and dad together. The eye color. Help me here. Eye color. What else? Hair. And then? Um, the fingerprints. And then what? Dimple. Some, somebody has a dimple. You know, maybe mom has a dimple too. And who knows? The lip. The sneezing style, the way father sneezes, child also sneezes. And when she practises the child, and she's so little, when father sneezes from the other room, the child will sneeze. Try it out, how it goes. right? Teeth structure, the mental disorders, you know, many of those things are passed on, we know that biology, biologically. By the way, who decides the gender of the child? Who decides the gender of the child? (laughs) I know that you will tell this. (laughs) Okay. Who decides among the parents? Father decides the gender. No, you're not with me. Why? Somebody can explain why. Okay. God decides. Father provides. Okay, that's a better answer. Okay. So, who provides? Okay, let me change my question now. Who provides the gender of the child? Father. Why? Can help me because we all want to know. Great. You married Julius with that awareness. Great. God bless you. So, father has X and Y. And he can provide either one of this. And God decides what he is supposed to provide. And depending on what he provides, if he provides why, what's going to happen? What? Okay, why? That boy. If he provides, yes? Okay, right. We are here on the same page now? Right. Okay, today is what day? Father's Day. So we have a reason to honor fathers. Because God uses them to bring the right gender on the face of this earth. You pray to God, and God is added, and God enabled the father to give the provide the right gender to your baby, to your child. But the question is how the baton of experience can be passed on to the next generation. You know, what our parents are experiencing, children are watching it very closely. Do you know that? Houses, when they are going through severe financial issues, children observe it very closely and it gets into their heart and they know for, they know that very clearly. You think that you are sending your child to the school, but they go to school and they think about the financial crunch that you are going through in your family. Family that are going through marital issues and family issues and fight and scream every time when children are sent to the schools Their mind is not they are unable to focus on what they listen from the teachers They are always thinking about what is happening between mom and dad They don't understand fully But they go through the experience and emotions that you go through as a father as a mother in the family their mental capability is altered based on what they're experiencing this is a scientific fact where their mental capability is altered even at the very age a few months being a few months child as they grow up one age age one age, two, age, three, age four, their mental capacity is altered the child who is living in an abusive environment eventually he or she is going to grow and she is not going to obey to his dad his parents and she's going to walk away on her own way Child who is going through, as I said, you know, in a very godly family. Both husband and woman, uh, wife holding hands and praying over the, over the unborn baby. They even hear what you are going through and what you are praying for. And the joy that you have between both. And the child is going to carry the joy forward. We have an experience that we need to pass on to the next generation. In fact, children, as they grow up, they take all the experience of the father at the face value. I just want to throw this quote here. John C. Maxwell, he says, can you read with me this quote? Experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. They can't evaluate. They are so little. Without evaluating their experience, whether it is good or bad, they, they just take it and they imitate it. They try to do those things in their lives. Couple of experiences that I can list it down. There are many of them. The experience of teamwork. In a family, how do you work things together? How dad helps mom in the kitchen. And when dad is so busy with his office work, how mom keeps her mouth shut. When so many things are happening in the family, dad has to take care of, mom has to take care of her, or his parents, aged parents, how they need to behave as children. They learn teamwork, how do we work together as a team. They learn that in their house. In fact, your child's first classroom is where? At home, in your house. That's where the first classroom is. Experience of handling challenges. When parents are going through, handling ch- going through challenges, how do they handle? When do they pray for? And when do they discuss with one another? Children are watching. You know, they don't need to become four years or five years to learn about how, can, how to handle challenges. They, even they are little, so little, they are babies, you know, they know what is happening there. Experience of living independently. As they grow up, how do you set them up? Experience of loving and caring for one another. Some of the social experiences, how do we mingle with? What they are supposed to do, what they are not supposed to do. Where they can go, where they cannot go. All these experiences they are learning from fathers. We have a great responsibility. Today we may say that we don't have any time to sit at home. We don't have any time to give to our children as they are growing up. It's all going to affect them. It's all going to affect. They are not going to come up in the way that we want Our God expects. God wants to use us as a vehicle for bringing godly children into this, in this nation. Amen? In this generation that are ready to come. Number three baton that we can pass on to our generation. Next generation is the baton of faith in God. Can you say that with me? The baton of faith in God. Psalm 145 verse 4, can you read with me? One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. The call of God upon our lives. The call of God over fathers. One generation, you are responsible for procreation. You are responsible for setting up the next generation on the right stage, on the right platform. And Bible says one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare the prizes declare your mighty acts the research shows dads are the most important than moms in passing on faith to next generation did you hear that dads play a more important role than moms in passing on faith to the next generation you know it also not not that moms will not take care of them not that moms cannot feed them with faith mothers are really good at caring for them loving for them nurturing them and providing them even nurturing them with the Word of God Many houses we see moms feeding them with the Word of God. They'll start with Psalm 23 and, you know, a couple of scriptures that children can learn easily. And then they how to pray. So most of the time we see mom telling them. But the, the, the research, the fact says, the data says, that they hold more higher responsibility to pass on faith to the next generation. The reason is, Fathers are to demonstrate how to engage their faith in the community. Fathers are responsible to demonstrate their faith in a situation at home. Listen to me. Fathers are responsible to demonstrate faith when the crisis moment at home. So children behave, they look at how a father behaves in the crisis situation and they question dad as they grow up where is your faith you said god will take care of everything you said god will heal mom but Dulu, why are you sitting and crying you know they want to see the practical faith being implemented by dad both boys and girls they just wait for what dad is going to say so fathers have a great responsibility to pass on faith to the next generation Bible says the faith is inherited from the fathers and the four, from the forefathers if you remember the chain the family chain, uh, you see there in Abraham the faith of Abraham came into Isaac the faith of Isaac came into Jacob the faith of Jacob came into jo- Joseph can you read a couple of scriptures how faith is inherited let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 through 22 can you read with me help me here can you read with me by faith Abraham when he was tested offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said in Isaac your seed shall be called verse 19 concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And then verse 20 says, by faith the same way by Abraham offered up Isaac as a sacrifice, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things which had to come. Verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning on the top of his staff. Verse 22, by faith Joseph now, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. We see how faith is flowing from one generation to the other generation. In this scenario, the Bible did not mention about the mothers. I believe, I know for sure, you all agree with me that mothers had their own role to play. They played their role. But this morning the question is where are you there? What are you doing about bringing that faith in the life of your child? The life of your child, how much time you spend with the child, not just teaching, not just telling the Bible story, but living it out, but living it out. That's what they want from the fathers. Solomon's faith was from David, not from her, his mom from david can you read the scripture with me first chronicles chapter 28 9 and 10 as for you my son solomon he listen what he says what david said at the end of these days know the god of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind for the lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts if you seek him he will be found by you but if you forsake him he will cast you off forever ten. consider now for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the Lord for the sanctuary be strong and do it the faith the baton is passed on by David to Solomon to Solomon a king by name Jehoshaphat Bible says he was the son of Asa, King Asa. And Bible says Jehoshaphat was a manly, man, was a godly man. He was doing everything that his father did. Can you read the scripture? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 32. And he walked and Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. We are talking about number three aspect of passing the baton, baton of faith in God. Number four, the final one. Baton of purpose in life. Baton of purpose in life. Fathers must help their children to identify their purpose in life. You know, if you don't do it, they will become purposeless. They will become aimless. They do not know what to do when they are thrown into the world. We can't keep them and instruct them and tell them what to do every time. But we need to install, as fathers, we need to install purpose in their hearts. Mothers, if your father is not here, send this sermon to them after the service and ask them to listen to this. We have a reason here to be here this morning to listen to this. The reason is, fathers are supposed to install the purpose their lives again I want to quote from John C Maxwell he says can you read with me finding our purpose requires us to seek to discover two things it's applicable to discover these two things in the life of your children our passion and our giftedness God wants you as a father to find out what is the passion of your child what is the giftedness of your child you know every child is unique every child has a unique passion and unique gift As a father, you should be able to grasp that. As a father, you should be able to find out what is that gift in both the boys and girls and depending on how many children you have. You should be able to identify what is their passion. What is their giftedness? You know, sometimes we just stand in the middle without knowing what to do. Same thing happened in our life. You know, my son Dan was, uh, when he was in the school, He used to play football, American football. And he was supposed to be a, he was a good thrower. And he was appreciated by many of his friends and teachers and you know, other situations. And he wanted to get on to the team of American football team. I mean, school school team first. And we said, no, that's not a good game. It's very dangerous. You're not supposed to play that. And poor fellow, what he used to do, he used to take the ball and go to the field and just throw that ball by himself and go to the other end, pick up the ball and then throw from there and then pick up the ball. And eventually he just lost it. I'm just saying that, you know, because sometimes, I don't know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or a good thing that I stood in the middle, but what I'm trying to say is they have a passion for Something. As a parent, even, even right from when before they become one, age one, they have a passion. As a father, are you able to identify the passion? We need to identify their passion and their giftedness. What is the deep desire inside, of, inside their heart? What do they want to do as they come up in their lives? What is their fire inside their soul? Some of our kids, they want to take the guitar and just sing. It's just the same. They just want to imitate what they do at the church. Not every kid does. Not every kid does. When they go back home, they don't do it. Not every kid. They find their way. But there are somebody, some kids, they do it. Find out the passion in their lives. Find out their passion. Always, you know, some of the kids you see, you know, they do many things, right? Think about kids, there's a lot of things they do. Some of them, you have a toy telescope. They just put that around and they go everywhere and then check their pulse. They check their heart beat. Passion. They have a passion, right? Sometimes we mess up the situation. You see some of them, you know, some of the boys, little boys as they grow up, they open the mom's purse and they take their lipstick and then put the lipstick and then just be there when you come home and you'll see them with the lipstick there. Some of the girls, little girls, they take, somehow they find father's shaving cream and put that shaving cream all over their face. It all happens. But through it all, just find out what is their passion. What is the cry of their heart? What are they most excited about as they come up in their lives? What are are they good at it? What are their gifts and what are their talents? What satisfies them at the end of the day? As a father, we should be able to observe this very closely and help them to come up in their lives. So we have a responsibility. We are carrying the baton of purpose in life and we are passing on to the children next generation rightly. We'll read two scriptures and we want to close. And we must be making sure that we need to fan that flame that's inside of them. None of us are perfect. We are not perfect dads. But God is asking us this morning, you need to look into the passion that I have put in there. Who, by the way, who gave that passion and that desire? God. And if we don't fan them up, if we don't bring them up in the right way, we are doing something against the will of God in their lives so as father we have a responsibility so we must create to, we need to do two things when we talked about it. we need to understand their passion and we need to understand their giftedness or talent and we need to really realize how precious their life is as Solomon David says in Psalm 139 verse 4 can you read with me as the scripture is applicable to all of us it is applicable to our little ones I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows it very well they are such an amazing precious creation of god given in our hands and god wants us to look into their eyes and see the giftedness that they have the passion they have and find out and nurture those things as they are growing up in our in front of our own eyes the second scripture is a prayer of moses and we want to realize how. You need to tell kids, you need to tell them, as we read in Psalm 90, verse 12, can you read with me? As Psalm is praised. In fact, Moses prays here, "So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom." So we should be able to tell them, "This is the time frame that you have. And these are your passion. These are your gifts. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to come up in your life, I'm passing the baton of purpose in your life. And it is up to you to take it further. So this morning, God has given us heavy responsibility in your shoulder. And we need to perform well. Shall we all arise this morning as we close in prayer? Both mom and dad, as, we, as you heard, as we stand in the presence of God this morning, we have a responsibility in our shoulder. To pass on the baton of value, to pass on the baton of experiences, to pass on the baton of faith in God, to pass on the baton of purpose in their lives. God has given that on your shoulder.